Is it mascus or mesis? <laughs> I have no idea. I was really hoping you'd, you'd just know because I was looking at that and I was like, I maybe it's like massi. I've I don't know. <laughs> Will's going to kill me for not knowing. <laughs> I think he's editing as well, so you know. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh goodness. I'm sorry, William. Welcome to Unmuted Unmastered, the internet's most recyclable podcast. I'm your host, James, and today I'm joined by Al. Hiya. This week we will be reviewing Glass Beach's Plastic Death, and we'll be letting you know of the upcoming releases you need to know about. But first, the news. Sorry, I have many tabs. <laughs> <laughs> And the news was not one of the ones that I opened. Okay. So Pitchfork being folded into GQ. So this is something that's been on the on the old internets uh, largely this week. Uh, so, yeah. We're not the first to talk about it, but um, we won't be the last. Which I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> Pitchfork are being folded into GQ. So, yeah. I think if you're listening to this, then you probably know what Pitchfork is, but it's a music journalism site. Um, their kind of slogan is the most trusted voice in music, which I'm sure some people believe. Um, yeah, that's, I think there is some truth in that. Like, uh, I've gotten news articles from Pitchfork many times. Um, they do a lot of reviews. Some of the reviews in times, uh, you don't feel like you can trust them, but some of them, yeah, they're a good baseline of, uh, what you need to know. Um, yeah. And they've, they've had a history of, uh, hiring people from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of, uh, brings the, the issue that, we're talking about today which is like being folded into gq who are at heart a men's fashion magazine so yeah that's where the trouble begins but let's let's rewind a bit um and talk about how this has happened so this came in conjunction with a lot of pitchfork layoffs um, as you could imagine including several senior staff um According to one of the staff, uh, former editor, or former now, former editor Gillian Mapes, um, 15, there was a 15-minute invite to a meeting before the meeting uh, came about. And it was a four-minute meeting with um, Anna Winter um, about kind of pitchfork um, being folded into GQ. And there was nothing really said about any layoffs or anything like that it was just four quick um four minute quick meeting about like about this decision and it was very vague and then soon after the this four minute meeting um layoff emails came and if you got a hr email you were out if you got a gq email you were staying and that was it really 
Um, so basically, they weren't really treated very well. Um, the staff who were laid off, and I'm not even sure about the staff who were stay, staying. I'm not sure how well they they will be treated. Uh, several of the Pitchfork staff are being um, hired at X, formerly Twitter, which I don't know. <laughs> if I was one of them, I probably wouldn't go even go to go there because you know <laughs> that has its own problems. Um, two unions representing Pitchfork have said they categorically condemn the decision. I, I'm not surprised. Um, like I said, many, many senior staff and many just staff in general. I, there's, there's going to be a lot of reduction in variety, variety of journalism since, yeah, Pitchfork is a kind of a main pivotal player in the music journalism scene um and like i said they they they've hired people from many backgrounds and it, this is this is kind of scary scary in the in a way that is happening at the same time as um the stuff with bandcamp and other sites where people are getting laid off the edit editorial teams are getting laid off and they're just going so yeah um i have some quotes from one from uh susan de carava the president of the news guild of new york says the reporters editors producers researchers and all the people who make award-winning music journalism for pitchfork deserve better than be treated like disposable parts um and I think that that whole meeting situation really highlighted that the way they were treated. Um, and then also an artist, producer Dan Lassac, uh, who <laughs> formerly, um, well, not formerly, famously received 0.2 out of 10 on a Pitchfork review once. <laughs> He even said, Pitchfork getting gutted is a net negative for musicians everywhere. And I say that as the proud owner of potentially the lowest score on the site, whether you agree with uh, whether you agree with a reviewer or not, music needs more journalism, not less. Yes. So Pitchfork aren't officially dying. I think there's been talks of like pitch the site will stay, but uh people have been getting like sudden payment walls on pitchfork and or like the like cookie stuff and stuff things are changing and it doesn't seem like pitchfork is going to survive as it has been these many many years as us music lovers have been enjoying it it seems like it's just begun gonna become another tiny part of gq maybe you're Maybe you'll be able to find the things that you like about Pitchfork um, in the future, but I think I don't think it's going to be the same. It does feel like a huge shame, and I mean, that's a massive understatement, that there seems to be the kind of ongoing like pattern that you're seeing across the industry, like with music journalists or music editorial staff being laid off and and that kind of reduction in material. I think 
it's just a negative for everyone involved because like you said James like they provide such value and even like I can't remember who it was that you said the producer was who received the really negative review like that's important to have those kind of conversations and you know offer opinions like you don't necessarily have to agree with them but all of those things add to uh, the kind of discourse around music and what's coming out and and that's part of it part of what makes the music industry so special is it's not only the music being put out but the reaction to it whether that be from just casual listeners to to fans to music journalists and for that to then kind of go is is always bad but I think especially like them being absorbed into GQ is so that's a kind of appropriate home for that journalism <laughs> to live just feels really weird <laughs> like maybe you know I mean I'll admit I've not read GQ hugely but like I know of it as yeah like you said a, a fashion mag- like a men's fashion magazine and it feels almost slightly insulting to kind of suggest oh it can just be absorbed into something else I'm not saying that GQ can't have like a music segment like, of course it can but to imply that Pitchfork can be absorbed in that way diminishes the work that people on Pitchfork have done over the years and what they continue to do and also like the way they were treated like you were saying that's just atrocious like I feel like there's got to be some labor laws that are against <laughs> that because that just does not feel right and it's, I mean, that's just no, no matter, you know, what the job is, or what the industry, they deserve better than that. Especially when, you know, that's people's livelihood. And for them to just kind mm. of get this kind of very dismissive meeting and then email being like, yeah, you're actually getting laid off. Like that just, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> A detail I left out is that um, Anna Winter, the, what do you call her? The, uh fashion what's the word icon yeah the big dog editor yeah he's like Um, head of vogue everything yeah she she's famous for keeping her sunglasses on she sometimes takes them off um she's got the bob in this meeting she kept them on on so it doesn't seem like you know she really cared about what was happening uh no compassion yeah (laughs) um what was I going to say? Yeah, you, you touched on a point there, like, more journalism is better. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, this is going into a fe- men's fashion magazine. It's going to reach fewer people. It's it's going to have a fewer... fewer it's going to have a less of a um, range of opinions, ideas, maybe even music, because it's trying to target a certain audience. Meaning... We're not getting these conversations. We're not introducing people to new music through these conversations. We're not getting people interested in playing music, creating music, because there's just not hearing about things. It's a real shame. And I mean, I'm I'm trying not to be too negative, even though I am, because <laughs> I'm, I'm. There's a chance that GQ will do it great, right? There's a chance that they'll keep pitchfork spirit but the way it's been handled right from the start is hard to have any hope <laughs> so yeah i mean like i say with most of these articles we'll see uh 
but it doesn't seem like it's going to be positive. We just we just need a hero to save the day. Yeah, it's not GQ. Um, no. So <laughs> on that cheery note, um, let's get on to our review this week. Uh, so this week we are reviewing Plastic Death by Glass Beach. This came out on the 19th of January, um, 2024, of course, on Run for Cover Records. It's 13 tracks long, an hour and three minutes, a big one. Uh, produced by the band, mastered by Will Yup. Um, and this week we have the return of a Bandcamp review. Ooh. Um, <laughs> this was by... Bab... Babariskal um, on Bandcamp, Bandcamp this entire album is awesome the cover art, the music it's everything to me if Glass Beach has no fans I'm dead <laughs> alright, strong words um, Al, what did you think of the album this week? so this album made me feel very unsettled and i don't <laughs> necessarily mean that negatively i just mean that i was like oh gosh it's it's quite confronting in a way that i can partially enjoy it because i was like oh from like a just like a music perspective they're throwing a lot at it it's interesting to see what influences they're pulling from um i went into it thinking like oh yes it's going to be kind of indie rock and, and, and it definitely is but it's also very prog rock there's it's some almost like some metal or like perhaps like more prog metal like elements in there especially with some of the vocal delivery um which yeah i liked i liked that kind of mash of lots of different things and i think the finished product a lot of the time did feel unsettling and i think that was i mean i don't want to put words in their mouth but i feel like that was perhaps part of the intent particularly when I kind of like noted down quite a few of the lyrics, which feel quite like damning <laughs> or just concerning, um, which, yeah, it definitely meant that I don't think it's an album that I will listen to loads and loads just because I do have that kind of emotional reaction. I'm not like, oh gosh, it makes me feel, you know, like sunshine and daisies. It is like a weird album, but if I'm in the mood for it, this is a is a great one for that kind of vibe where you're getting kind of lots of kind of strange sounds. There's some gorgeous like percussion going in. There's some great guitar moments. And it, it yeah, like I said, the kind of lyrics are weird <laughs> a lot of the time, <laughs> um, which I quite liked. I liked kind of picking out different bits. There are some really nice metaphors. Some of it I did kind of sit with for a while and I was still like, I don't really know what this means. Um but I quite like that. I can still go back to it and try and pass what they're saying or, you know, put my own interpretation onto it. But there were some common threads that I did kind of pick out, particularly about kind of the relation to the the human body and ownership and bodily autonomy and the idea of kind of being owned by an external party. And then there was a lot about kind of violence and also kind of, I guess, like a... Uh, like universal attitudes and opinions as opposed to individualities kind of all of those type of things that are kind of pushed into the record which 
yeah, kind of, again, works with, like I said, all of those kind of sonic influences. You feel like there's a lot being crammed into this. Um, but never in the sense where I'm like, oh gosh, it, it's too much in a sense where I'm like, they should have taken something out. Some of it feels almost, some of the songs feel like too much, but in a way where I'm like, that's how they're meant to feel, where they feel kind of overwhelming in that way. So kind of overall, I think that that works for them. I also really liked that it feels... I'm going to do like that Harry Styles. What I like about the movie is it feels like a movie. What I like about the album is it feels like an album. And by that, I mean that when (laughs) I listened to it the first time through and I wasn't really paying attention to like the tracks going forward, there were moments where I was like, I don't actually know at what point we moved to the next track. Like some of the transitions are so smooth. I was like, oh my God, like I really, you know, I thought we were still on the previous track, Um, which particularly when I went back on re-listens, I found that really interesting where they kind of have those transitions um it is also a long album it's about an hour and I think there are some songs where that kind of length really plays to their advantage it gives them room to experiment in a way that's really effective some of the songs I was like I don't know if necessarily they needed to be this length but I think like I said because they're cramming so much into the album as a whole as a full record I kind of I appreciated that they'd given it that kind of space to explore within it um there are some songs where I was like oh this is perhaps not as strong as some of the others but I think overall I I really appreciate this album I think it's really well crafted I think it's really interesting but I think like (laughs) it's it's definitely not a relaxing album it's one that I need to be in the right headspace to to go and listen to but it's it's very well done yeah I, I enjoyed this one this week um despite kind of being in two minds about it I think I think the the ideas were really good and i appreciate all that experiment experimentation in in the music and like the musicality like there are a lot of experimentation with the 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 tempos the, the rhythm the the keys and all that fun stuff um i think that the album has this like great average like quality to it like a great average floor of the sound um so when something wasn't as good i feel like i've i've been more harsh than maybe i, I should have been and I, I have kind of kept that into account but like like if you were to throw a song any song at someone then they're probably going to say it's good right like for give me any of the songs out, out of the context and they're all good um that's kind of what i'm trying to say um I feel like the I really enjoyed it sonically. The guitar tone, the guitar tones, uh, the groovy bass, the drum highlights, the vocal tones, all just fabulous. I do think an hour might be too much for me in as an album. Um, I agree with you. It does work as an album. I think it flows really well. Um, that I just I just feel the length. I feel it being too long. Um, I do think some tracks could have been taken away, um, but it doesn't mean they're bad. It's just like they're maybe not as good as others, or they just kind of feel like a feel like a bridge to the next song. Um, and w- with that length, it kind of highlights the negatives that 
I might have. They they come up more often just because it's a longer album. Um, for example, the vocals felt a bit mumbly, um, and you really start to notice that as you go through. Um, and sometimes the lyrics themselves can distance the listener. I think there are some great moments, but at the same time, I felt myself. I felt myself really trying to think about what it means and reading it and being like, these lines just feel like random quotes thrown together. Uh, they don't. They don't feel like they're following a theme they might be but i just don't get it at the level i'm looking into it um and i think at the same time like the words they use are this might show my my stupidity but there's bit they're a bit complex like as points that there's just a bit like okay it feels like you're using this word just for the sake of using this word rather than just you know using a normal adjective here um, that a normal person would say in a normal conversation, but maybe that's just how intellectual they are. Um, and I, I mean, it kind of reflects the music, really, like how how the music is well crafted, and they use all these techniques that I would never be able to come up with or use. Um, but this sounds really negative. I really enjoy the album. I just think the flaws in it are highlighted by itself rather than me as a listener um al you talked about the genre kind of flowing into progressive rock and metal and i think the cia um really did that um i think it's cia and 200 actually um in other places it did as well um, but the CIA is something I've really enjoyed. Uh, it started off like really intrigue intriguing. It was a bit different from the killer and other tracks throughout the album. I wasn't, and this was like towards the end of the the back half of the album. So the fact it's intriguing me is a good thing, um, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt like I didn't know where it was going. I really loved that glassy detective synth sound. I don't know where if I'm getting that idea from the CIA, but it, it felt that kind of theme. Um, I love that jazzy guitar, but it was also distorted. Um, and it just sounded so tasty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the experimentation with that musicality really works a treat in this one. And those like slight modulations you had into like the major version of the key, then back out into the minor. At least that's what it sounded like. Um, that was really awesome. Um, it just gave it vitality. And it almost felt like an anime OST at some points. And then backed into this like detective show. Like <laughs> Detective Conan vibes. Um, and then, especially towards the end, it goes into this weird progressive metal thing. And I feel like that might not be for everyone, but I really enjoyed it. Um it was just so impactful and it ends on this piano chord for whatever reason um and i'll talk about 200 as well while i'm here um because it's kind of it's not a continuation of, by any means really but it has this pink floydy sound and when you think of pink floyd you think of progressive rock 
Um, and that's like, yeah, I would say it's a continuation because you get the progressive metal thing in the previous song. Um, I wouldn't say that one stands out as much in the album. Um, but I love the kind of like falling, like you feel like you're falling in the track, um, that that feel of it. And it, I, I thought it was a sound of hopelessness. <laughs> um, it, it, was just sounded, it sounded interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that progressive sound that they had. And it feels like a bit of a, I might be wrong here, but it feels like different from what they may usually do. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the progressive sounds on, well, on the whole album, but also, yeah, like you said, particularly those two tracks. I want to go back to CIA because, yeah, I also loved this one. It was one of my favorites on the album. I did feel almost like slightly threatened the first time I listened to it. I think because it, <laughs> like, it got in my head. Um, I think so, the, like some of the lyrics... Um, I enjoyed kind of what it's trying to say with the lyrics. I think some of it was like perhaps a bit on the nose, but I don't, I don't necessarily hate that. Um, so you're talking about kind of always terrified and why I tap my head, which yeah. <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, it does feel a bit on the nose, but I, I still liked it. I was like, yeah, okay. Like I, it, they're playing into this, which I felt it, they did well. Um, and there was also at some points there were kind of vocalizations in, in the background that almost felt like, someone almost like trying to like speaking but just slightly far away almost as though they were like listening in on a conversation or something and that kind of added to that surveillance vibe and then yeah like you were saying about kind of being like detective show or something I wrote down that it felt like a car chase at one point I was like oh I feel like (laughs) like we're just speeding along and and there's that that kind of climactic moment there's these screeching Mm. guitars and these heavy drums and I was like oh my god it feels very visual as a song I think it's a a really well-crafted song in that respect like it does feel like it should be soundtracking something or, or you know have that kind of visual element to it um I think that yeah kind of really ties this track together um yeah it did it did make me feel slightly okay yeah threatened unsettled which I think it's just like come for me across the record I think I was just like easily swayed by the vibes they were putting out where I was like oh <laughs> I feel a bit uncomfortable <laughs> um but I think it it especially on this track it it felt I think more or less into it almost like slightly fun with with that feeling where you know that kind of comment on the CIA and that kind of very stereotypical thing of you know they're watching you and there's constant surveillance and modern society and you know all of that I think pairing that discussion with those kind of progressive elements and that real kind of sonic experimentation almost lends itself to being slightly more playful and fun um not that I wouldn't say playful is the first word that came to mind when I listened to it but (laughs) it I think it does come out in that I do feel like they are they're having a good time exploring the themes and the sounds and i think the finished product reflects that as well and i think cia is yeah a real standout track um for me um i did also want to talk about uh particularly i wanted to talk about uh cul-de-sac because that was another one of my favorites but mostly for the lyrics i think i just really enjoyed what they did lyrically on this one um so they have again it's i was talking to my friend about this album earlier um and i was like oh i feel like it's 
the lyrics are the kind of thing that I'd have read at 16 and been like, this is life changing. This is yeah. philosophically <laughs> phenomenal. I know what you mean. And <laughs> kind of looking at it now, I'm like, okay, some of it, I'm like, like you said, James, I'm like, I feel like they're just, they picked up a thesaurus and were like, we'll use these words. Um, and some of it, I'm like, I just don't know what that means. I feel like there's meant to be a deeper meaning and it's just not actually coming across. But there are some bits that I thought actually did still work really nicely. And I think with cul-de-sac, it, it, they kind of very much use cul-de-sac and they talk about kind of it almost being like a microcosm of, I guess, modern, I want to say like US or like at very least Western society and uh, a metaphor for like the circular nature of of that society and things. So a cul-de-sac, you know, it's it's a loop essentially. It's, it's a dead end. It's, you know, you can only go round it. You can't like carry on through it um and you then get this idea of kind of wanting to change or wanting to break free of this loop and then you get lyrics like uh your autumn will pass your moonlight will wane and wax which i really enjoyed kind of putting in this uh lyrical metaphor because it is change and it does imply a movement forward you know the autumn will pass it will become winter the moonlight will wane and wax it will change it will become these different things but actually when you strip it back, both of those things are part of a circular uh, like life cycle where you get the autumn is part of this circular movement of the seasons and the moonlight will wane and wax as part of its kind of circular, you know, 28 days or whatever. And so I liked that, the idea that kind of, even when this cul-de-sac, you, you know, where you're like, oh yeah, no, maybe there's something happening, maybe there's something different. It's like, yeah, but it's actually just revisiting this different point on the loop. Um I then enjoyed, they then have the lyric circling uh, the refrain, which I just enjoyed as a little, like, almost kind of nod, like a self-referential thing, because they talk about circling the cul-de-sac and then to have circling the refrain. I liked that they were kind of building on that and layering it within the song. Um, and yeah, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I don't think it's the the deepest thing in the world, Um but I did, I did just enjoy it. I enjoyed the way that they kind of played with that circular metaphor and, you know, took the, the cul-de-sac, which of course also conjures up imagery of like the suburbs and, you know, all of that with being like, oh, it's monotony in the suburbs and like all of those kind of things that people write about and sing about and all of that. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily kind of saying anything super new and innovative, but I think what they said in this one they said in a really interesting way where I was like, oh, I just really enjoy the way that they could have put that all together. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the vocals, like I enjoyed the chatter between the like the two sides of the, I mean, hard pan left, hard pan right. You know, um, that was a nice little touch. Um, and I'm sure you can relate that back to cul-de-sac as well. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was a, like, it was the general feeling of this. And then feeling is a, it's a rubbish word to describe it, but the general feeling of the album was it was nice. It wasn't too harsh like some other of the, some other songs in the album. It was just nice. Um, but saying that, like at the start of the album, you get a lot of the instruments coming in. The drums are having their good old time. Uh, the the layers of instrumentation feel like a jazz track, but just a bit bit rockier, really, a bit more indie. Um, yeah, and I enjoy that like little high fiddly guitar. There was just like little bits other than the vocals that just 
popped out here and there. And yeah, it was just a it was a nice track <laughs> amongst some <laughs> other good tracks, but it was just like a nicer one, you know? <laughs> I also want to talk about Slip Under the Door because that's kind of the first time we hear this more like metal sounding vocal more and, and instrumentation. Um, it starts off kind of, not innocently, but it's like a suspicious piano. You don't really expect metal, um, but then it goes into this metal sounding riff. Um, I didn't quite expect the screaming. It, that it, it goes back and forth between this metal and then the lighter parts again. Um, and I really enjoy that duplicity. Um, it had such a, like, the lighter parts had such a, like, silkiness to them. Whereas, the obviously, the, the metal, more metal parts had more harsh sound, as you can imagine. Um, I do feel like the energy dies off a bit when they don't switch back again uh, further down the line. But there are some nice sounds here and there. Uh, the the co piano chords sound um, like a Japanese chord progression. Um, I enjoyed the groove of the bass as well. Uh, maybe they're trying to do too much at some points. I think you could say that on many of the songs in the album. Uh, but I, I, I did enjoy this one in particular. Um, but I did roll my eyes out the <laughs> right at the very end where they just like had this massive crescendo and it's just the madness. Um, I roll my eyes just because like it's it's done so much nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's been it's been done forever, but. It's just like it feels like an obvious thing to do, uh, but yeah, it, it was a it was a nice change. It was a nice surprise, I think, to have this screaming vocal and this metal sound. I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I yeah, like you was not expecting the the screaming, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, especially because I had my headphones on and I I did like a, a full jolt where I was like, oh, <laughs> that's loud. <laughs> Um, but I will say, I think it is the kind of album where, I think you mentioned it earlier as well, the, the way the vocals are mixed and everything. It's I would recommend listening to this with headphones because you, you pick up on the way they've mixed it. And it's, yeah, there are some really nice moments with that. Um, but yeah, with Slip Under a Door, yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting that metal, but I think it really works. And I liked how it then was pulled through the rest of the album. And <laughs> I like to say it's like a suspicious piano I think that's a really good way of kind of saying it like you do kind of start and you're like what? what's you know what's going hold on <laughs> like what's, what's happening here and then even then I was like well I wasn't expecting the screen but okay um and yeah this is where I feel like a lot of the lyrics on this one really kind of highlight I think of a lot of what they're trying to say across the record where um it very much talks about the body, the human body and your ownership over your own body. So it talks about where well, it repeats, is the body a property? Which again, like with what I was saying, it's not, it's not like a new thought or comment, but I think the way they talked about it, I was like, that's still an interesting way of phrasing that idea of, you know, who owns your own body and, where where does your autonomy come from so it talks about kind of your malnourished architecture i liked the idea of kind of you know you're asking is the body a property and then you're talking about it in the sense of architecture 
I liked that kind of continuation of that metaphor. Um, it then there's the lyric, the soft topography of corporeal, which I never know if I'm saying that word right, territory, which is another lyric that I noted down as being one that 16 year old me thought was like, you know, Shakespeare, Shakespeare level good. <laughs> like I'd have been like, wow. I look at it now and I'm like, okay, I do get what they're saying with it. And I do think it's like a fun way of phrasing it, particularly within the context of a song. You're, you're kind of lending yourself to that musicality of it. But there is part of me that's like, is it a bit pretentious? Um, but I don't know if that's just like the reaction to kind of knowing that 16 year old me would have loved it. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a valid criticism. Um, but I do, like I said, really enjoy the way they talk about this idea of kind of autonomy um, they then talk about mutilation, autonomy, reclamation of territory. And I just enjoy that idea. I always do of that metaphor of the body as location and geographic space. So whether that be the territory or the architecture, I always think that's a really interesting position to take when talking about the body, because obviously it takes up geographic space, like physically in the world, but it's also so intrinsically tied to this kind of you know, wavy idea of the self and, you know, is there a soul in it? and it's kind of nebulous thing. So to kind of position that with this idea of it being a territory, which to me immediately feels like I'm, I'm on the defensive if, if I'm in a territory, because I think that's the kind of language mm. that's used in, in kind of occasions of war and things like that. So I think, you know, this song, and I think the, the metal influence again, really, it reflects that where it's it feels angry it's it's questioning is the body of property you know surely this should be mine um so kind of using that territory as as a as a word i think works really well and i think that is then carried across the record this idea of kind of who owns your body and how do you perceive the body and also i think a lot of violence so i mentioned the lyric the mutilation autonomy you get on other tracks um so the killer which is super unsettling like i know i've said unsettled a lot but the killer as a track really got under my skin i think because it sounds almost slightly gentle i think particularly in comparison to the rest of the album but like babes i felt frightened and it almost gave me you know slightly like like fleet foxes where it's like haunting and and you're like oh ethereal but then underneath you're like this is dark and that's what i felt with this one where you're like god are they okay? Um, so they have like the, the lyric tender flesh to carry home. And it's all about, you know, killing as the title track, as the title of the track says. Um, but you get it on kind of other tracks as well. So kind of towards the end of the album on comatose, just play on comatose, which I did not understand where that came from, but I was like, okay. Um, but they have the lyric bleeding out in advertising red. And I was like, oh, again, that's talking about like commercializing the body and it's, you know, violence. So I liked that those kind of things, even if sometimes I was like, okay, you can dial it back a bit. I liked that there were those through lines lyrically and then they were reflected sonically as well with those kind of almost violent sounds that you, you can get with that metal screaming vocals. I think that, yeah, was really effective. Yeah, I think there's plenty of places where, without the lyrics, you're listening to it. And I did this for The Killer. I mean, I should have known from the, the name of the track, but, like, there are plenty of tracks where 
especially the killer, where, yeah, the, the sounds sounds just like, okay, this is a good song. This is a good indie rock song. Like, oh, this is something different. And you look into the lyrics and you're like, oh, okay, there's there's something to do with this. <laughs> there's something more <laughs> happening. Um I I enjoyed I enjoyed the killer sonically for for its its sound. It sounded like um the theme song uh for Firefly, which is a series, it's like a space western. Um but it sounded this one sounded really cool. Um it it was like it was calm, it was soothing. <laughs> and you get to the lyrics. Um <laughs> I really enjoyed the like the aerated vocals and which sometimes crescendoed the slightest bits. Um, and then the string parts, which dropped in here and there, and then they really became a thing uh, towards the end. Uh, it's really nice. So, yeah, The Killer is an example of just the the two, the ways the lyrics can be saying one thing, but the, then sonically is something, something different. Um... Another interesting one I want to mention is Whale Fall, which was just interesting because of the sounds it's used. Um, it starts off with this like echoing sound, which I guess is kind of mimicking like the sound of a whale in in the deep blue ocean. Um, but then it's like, okay, here's a marimba. I'm guessing it was a marimba, so I'm going to keep calling it a marimba. Um, <laughs> but it could have been like just like a xylophone or something. Um, just a xylophone type instrument um that became like the main part of the song like the main instrument it was the forefront of it of the song um it was doing this like little bouncy riff to begin with and the guitar was joining in um you have these spacey vocals um i will say that i think it was trying to highlight that instrument so i feel like the vocals were brought back a bit uh, I feel like they maybe they were a bit too cautious and brought them back a bit too much along with other instruments but hey the the, the the instrument was cool it was just something a bit different and this is what this is what the album does well it does things that are just a little bit different which, which does help help the length um, despite me saying that it was still it was still a bit too long for me yeah, I I agree with you saying that it does it, it, those kind of slight points of difference. I think are what really makes this album. Um, and I want to pick up on um, a point which I I note down, which I partly just found really funny, uh, which is on the song "Motions," which firstly I just want to say I really loved the mix on this one. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I thought like the drums came through beautifully. I, I love a bit of percussion. I thought it was gorgeous. Um, and the vocals felt like nice and, and close without being kind of overpowering. And then mm. you get uh, kind of this lyric. Well, these couple of lyrics where it's so like one of them is select all images containing traffic lights. And those ones are placed just slightly back. So they almost feel like a kind of you know, like when something's stuck in the back of your head, it, that's what it felt like. And I was like, God, like same. Because sometimes I'm like, when you're 
it constantly asks like online like select the images containing this and then you do it and it tells you you're wrong and you're like yeah but i'm not a robot i just didn't know whether the <laughs> traffic like went into that box but are um, you not a robot <laughs> are you human <laughs> well selecting the images suggests that it's on the fence um <laughs> but i i just thought that was a fun little lyric to throw in because it does capture that kind of you know that social dread of oh gosh everything's online and etc etc um but also i did just think it was a bit funny and i was like i like that again it kind of played into what i felt was like a playfulness where it's like yeah they are sometimes using a lot of words to not say a lot um but actually there are some bits where i'm like that's just a really well-placed lyric and i think it, it works within the song the song is kind of talking about kind of going through the motions and you know all of this kind of stuff which again ties into themes across the album like i was saying with cold sack about kind of feeling like stuck in a routine etc etc um so the the lyric the selecting women is it fits in with that where it's like oh you know god it's just like another one of these things um so it fits in but also i was like it does stand out because it's just funny <laughs> um and i liked that that delivery of it mm-hmm. where it's kind of placed slightly back i was like it does feel like a kind of you know it's just stuck in your head where it's like, oh, do this, you know, select the images, select the images. And it's like, no, I'm actually at this point just making a cup of tea. I'm not on a computer. Um, so I like that it felt, it kind of mimics the the pervasiveness of that kind of activity. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the instrumentation as well, which was really great here. Um, I enjoyed those thinner, fuzzier guitar parts. Um, rather than having like a thick fuzzy, you had a thin fuzziness. Um, that was really cool. Um, and the the crescendo into the more climactic parts were done really well, especially with his like nagging voice. <laughs> it, I don't know. It was just, it felt nagging, but it was cool. It was good. Um, and the great horn work as well. Um, just what they were playing was great greatly composed and and performed and you could hear it really well um and there was a great there's a great like impact to those climactic parts um you can just yeah you, you feel them kind of in your soul and that's probably like related to the mix and how 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 they've been brought to the those instruments have been brought there to the front to shine um and I did feel like, despite the voice being feeling kind of far, farther away, it was slightly clearer. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this track as well. All right, before we wrap up this album's review, where do we want to rank it? Um, currently, the ranking stands as Vacations, No Place Like Home at number one, and then Less Is Self by Sprints. Uh, yeah, where do we want to rank this album? This is actually, I know this is a stupid thing to say because there are only two albums on the rankings so far. But I'm like, <laughs> You're not going to say it, are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this feels so different to those albums. I'm like, oh God, it's actually really hard to like slot them in because I think this is definitely the most, uh, I guess, like experimental and, and perhaps innovative it's touching on lots of things which I always really enjoy even if I'm like oh it's not you know my favorite album I like the the kind of 
artistry that goes into exploring those different genres. But, and maybe it's just because the sun has come out this week, I'm like, oh, vacations though just felt happier, <laughs> which is such a like stupid way to rank it. <laughs> but I'm like, I just didn't feel as like concerned for my well-being and others after listening to vacation. Whereas <laughs> with this one, I was like, oh God, like I feel like there should be a helpline. Um which I think has definitely coloured my opinion of the album. And that's not that it's a bad album at all. It's not. It's it's a very good one. Um, but I think I was just, yeah, it kind of left me with a slightly unsettled feeling and that's swaying where I want to put it. And also, like you said, James, like it does feel like you feel the length of it. And I think that's partly why I will find it difficult to re-listen to this one a lot because I'm like, it's it's a lot to kind of undertake in terms of like, you come in an hour, which is not like a huge, huge amount of time, but you're you're committing a lot in terms of like it's it's going to be a lot within that hour, um, and so I think. Uh, but then Sprints was, I was going to say put it at number two, but Sprints was really, but no, because I do I appreciate the experimentation on this one more than I do Letter to Self, so I think I would I would put this at number two. Yeah, I mean, I am kind of in a similar mind as you. Like, it is hard to rank this one. Like, um, kind of like I said in into my um my earlier thoughts, my beginning thoughts about yeah, it's it's long, but it's good, but it's long. Um, <laughs> I like as a whole album, it's. And I don't know how high I can rank it, but like individual songs are really great. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I probably like it more than Vacations. Um, so yeah, I'd probably pull it at one at this point. Um, but say, saying that, right, I could I could see myself listening to listening to Vacations album more just because it's more digestible. It's less heavy on the soul, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's it's something that's gonna it's gonna have a mm, yeah. I think it's gonna have a bit more longevity because you can listen to it every summer. And this one this week mm. is like, I think it will have a cult following, but maybe it won't have it won't be, it won't be listened to to as frequently as vacations or or sprints i think um maybe i've just talked myself into pulling it out two now so let's pull it out two <laughs> <laughs> this is how this podcast rolls <laughs> all right so plastic death by glass speech goes in at number two all right that's our review for this week now moving on to upcoming releases you need to know about. Um, so first up, we have uh, Brittany Howard, who, if you know, well, you may know, if you don't know, um, is best known <laughs> as the lead singer and guitarist of um, Alabama Shakes. And there's many fans of Alabama Shakes, including Will, I think. Um, and she's coming out with an album, What Now? Um, so yeah, that should be a good listen. And we also have uh, Jay Maskis with What Do We Do Now? Yeah, only two this week. 
Um, uh, thank you, Al, for um, <laughs> joining me for this episode. Yeah, cheers. Um, if you liked the episode this week, do follow us on whatever podcast. Also, like, subscribe. I think it's subscribing, not following. Probably both on um, <laughs> on the podcast service you use. Um, drop us an email at unmuted at mar- unmuted unmastered at gmail dot com, and I'm sure you'll find us somewhere else. Find us, <laughs> message us, and I'm sure we'll reply. One of us will reply. Will doesn't say this, but message us with suggestions, um, suggestions of what albums we should do, or oh, that's going to r- really mess Will up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Or messages. He's away for one week and you're already staging a coup. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have loads of fan mail come in into our (laughs) non-existent P.O. box. Um, (laughs) If you have a Bandcamp review, write it. Or if you have a review, write the Bandcamp review. Then make sure it gets like, you know, up there at the top of an album that (laughs) you know we're going to review. And then you'll be mentioned on the podcast. How great is that? Um, so, speaking of, I'll, I'll let you know the album for next week. That's a beautiful segue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So you can give a great review for it, and then we can, you know, mention it next week. So the album for next week is Spiel by Office Dog." <laughs>